0: Hello everybody, it is Michael here, back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Make sure to check out the merch and Patreon that I just released. Appreciate everyone's support on that, it means a lot. Those will be the first two links in the description. Appreciate everyone's support on the episodes. As always, we've got a good bit of stuff to talk about in this episode. I want to talk about the Kings' recent success, the Pelicans, uh, Andre Drummond to the Lakers, LaMarcus Aldridge to the Nets, and the most underrated player on every NBA team so yeah let's get right into it first thing I want to talk about is LaMarcus Aldridge being signed by the Brooklyn Nets a move that made a ton of people freak out but to me just doesn't really matter that much this is very similar to the Blake Griffin signing but in my opinion it's one that is even less consequential to what's going to happen uh this nba season while marcus aldridge isn't like a terrible nba player or anything he's not a player that i think at this point in his career is going to be super impactful for any team considering that he's just coming off a pretty major uh injury a big sh- uh, shoulder surgery and he has not looked the same since then um for the San Antonio Spurs. He was pretty bad this year. I mean, he was shooting the ball uh, pretty well, and that is something nice he'll be able to bring. He could still post up occasionally, uh, but my biggest worries are just on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which the Nets have been improving on a ton, so it doesn't really make sense for me for them to get LaMarcus. It would have made... a million times more sense for them to get someone like Gorgie Dang who obviously isn't nearly the name that LaMarcus Aldridge is but at this point in his career I think he would fit the Brooklyn Nets needs much better and this is one thing that they've been doing they they would still probably be my championship favorite at this point as long as they're healthy but they have been chasing after a lot of names when I feel like they should just be going after players who fit their uh, needs better and fit their team better and LaMarcus just isn't really one of those guys like I even saw some talking about how he wasn't motivated but I'm like bro if he's not motivated on a Spurs team that has been competing for seeding all year that was like the fifth and sixth seed at one point then it's not like he's going to get just this crazy extra motivation now obviously the Spurs weren't going to be a championship roster uh like the Nets are but I think at this point Lamarcus is just kind of washed at this point in his career like Blake Griffin At least you can make the argument that with the Pistons, he just really didn't care that much. But even since he's joined the Nets, other than having some cool dunks and proving to people that he can still dunk, has he done anything that's been that impressive? No, not really. I mean, it's been on a super... Uh, limited amount of games so he could uh, play better and he's been solid for them don't get me wrong like he's been super efficient just kind of playing his role uh, which is definitely a good thing that's what I kind of expected from him all along but he hasn't done anything that's really changing the team so much and I feel like what this LaMarcus Aldridge signing has really done to be honest is just expose how many casual watchers of the NBA Get to talk uh, about this sport and and get to say their opinions that are spread to so many people because the people who are making this like making this seem like this is what makes them a super team are just so far from true like right. It's so ridiculous to me how people think a what thirty four year old the Marcus Aldridge thirty five year old the Marcus Aldridge uh, is gonna make this team just into a super team and a Blake Griffin coming off multiple knee surgeries who's thirty two is gonna make this a super team. No, the fact that this is a super team relies on them having three superstars, which uh, or at least superstar caliber players, which they already had. Like the weird thing to me is the outrage is much more than when they got James Harden like obviously a lot of people were mad when they got James Harden but I feel like it's been more for them getting a pretty much washed Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge again they'll both be able to play specific roles on this team and I think they'll help a bit but it's not going to be that much the thing that really makes this a super team is them having their big three and then them having one of the best shooters in the NBA and Joe Harris and again this is one thing that has exposed so many casual fans is when everybody talks about this oh Brooklyn Nets potential starting lineup and they put Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge above Joe Harris like that's the easiest way to tell me you just don't watch basketball at all Joe Harris has been shooting almost 50% from three the entire year this dude is a sniper and he is a much bigger part of this being a potential super team than these somewhat washed players are and a guy like nicholas claxon his defensive versatility his ability to do a bit of everything where he can kind of guard almost one through five like this guy is so versatile on the defensive side of the ball and even though he's probably going to get bullied by a really just big center who plays in the post like if they play against the 76ers as much as i love nicholas claxon as much i th- as I think he's so underrated and he'll be more important to the success of this team than Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge will be, he's probably going to get bullied by Joel Embiid. But in most situations where teams don't have a super dominant center, say if they played a team like the Celtics in a series, he would be so perfect for that because he's a guy who's so versatile. He could switch on to Jason Tatum for a possession, and obviously he's not going to stop those guys, but he has the lateral quickness and the defensive effort and IQ to just keep up with almost anyone like he's so much more important to the success of this team in my opinion than these just bigger names are even though again he's a smaller name he's going to be a guy who just plays his role on offense which is going to be catching lobs rolling to the rim setting good screens and then it's going to be a swiss army knife uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Jeff Green is probably going to be just as, if not more important to the success of this team as a guy who's shooting nearly 42% from three this year and has been able to play a bunch of different roles, being able to play uh, three through five and playing a lot of small ball for them and then being a guy who's definitely bought in on the defensive side of the ball. It just confuses me so much why people are making such a big deal out of this, especially the Ma- little Marcus Aldridge. Uh, signing because he has been one of the worst defenders in the nba this year like his numbers aren't too bad and again he could be a decent offensive player for them who will stretch the floor which is always appreciated out out of a guy with some size rebound the ball well enough i guess even though he's not really a a good rebounder at this point in his career, and then maybe get one post touch a game just to give them a different look. But his uh, defensive worries with him having basically brick feet at this point—he's uh, basically like uh, Marcus Saul without all like the defensive IQ that uh, Marcus Saul has. That at least still makes him a decent defender. But as far as them both being just so old at this point in this their career, where they can barely even move it's uh very very similar and again i just don't think he's going to be that much of a difference maker in a potential like lakers versus nets finals it, again it's going to be nice for him to space the floor and then give them a post option occasionally uh, but i really just don't think this moves the needle at all especially since like they've already been improving on the defensive side of the ball and i don't think this makes their offense that much better uh even even makes it even better at all and I don't really think it makes the defense better either at at best he's going to be a slight positive on offense and a slight negative on defense this really just doesn't move the needle for me and I would have much rather uh, have seen them try to get someone like Gorgie Dang and maybe Gorgie Dang just didn't want to go there for whatever reason so if he didn't then obviously they can't really do anything about that uh, but my thing is, these names are cool, obviously, and but I feel like we're letting our nostalgia of LaMarcus Aldridge being such a consistent player and being an all-star for so many years really blind us uh, of the player who he actually is. And it also just shows people haven't been watching Spurs games all year, which we, I mean, I already knew that, but uh, it's just it's just so weird, the reaction to this. And especially from, like, LeBron fans and stuff, I just don't understand it. And it's showing that these people don't watch uh, basketball. They really just only watch, uh, like, primetime games and then just listen to narratives, listen to what other people say, and don't actually care about having a, like, just detailed in-depth take on the game and that they're just uh, the epitome of casual fans. Next signing I want to talk about is Andre Drumming going to the Los Angeles Lakers. This is definitely a very, very interesting move. It was a move that I expected. It was rumored a ton after uh, Drummond got bought out. And I definitely have a lot of just mixed thoughts and feelings on this. And I'm super interested to see how Drummond uh, fits with the Lakers because I do think Uh, even though Drummond gets so much criticism, and I'll definitely give Drummond a whole lot of criticism for all the faults he has as a player, because he definitely has a ton of issues as a player, and his numbers don't nearly reflect how good of a player he actually is. He's one of those guys who has always put up good numbers, and uh, has always uh, done things in the uh, box score that look nice, but when you actually watch the game and you watch him play, he's really just not that much of a positive. And I think this mostly comes from his mindset. He's a guy who I feel like has always lacked self-awareness, and that's definitely just been a big issue uh, throughout his entire career. Like even coming into the draft, he compared himself to Kevin Durant, which is like, bro, you're Andre Drummond. And obviously, it's fine to like want to be a guy who can be a versatile player and can do a bunch of different things. But uh, I think something that is super underrated, especially for role players, which Andre Drummond is gonna be for the Lakers. He's not gonna be part of a big three, Dennis is going to be much more part of a big three than Andre Drummond uh, would be the most important thing when you're a role player is just understanding um, how to play that role and how to play that role the best it's about not being an all-star but being an all-star in your role and that's what I was talking about with the Nets I think someone like Joe Harris who knows his role who is a three-point sniper someone like Nick Nicholas Claxton, who's going to be versatile on the defensive side of the ball and then just be kind of a run, uh, jump and dunk center on the offensive side of the ball. Those type of players are the guys you need on championship teams who just know their role, know exactly what they need to do, and they go out there and execute it. That's been the biggest issue with Andre Drummond throughout his entire career so far is that he just has played a role that is simply uh, not his skill set like him asking for post touches so much throughout his entire career has been why his field goal percentage has always been super underwhelming for someone who basically only takes shots around the basket like he shot over 50 percent a majority of his career but it's been teetering around there and for someone who again takes so many shots uh, around the basket you'd want that to be better and I just do think that comes from a lack of self-awareness where he's asking for all these post touches and he's taking these shots like he is a good post player when he's not he doesn't really have any moves down there he's a guy who uh, like thinks he has all these skills but he doesn't actually put in the work to have those skills but i do think with a los angeles lakers team that is gonna make him play a certain role uh, I think that could definitely help him quite a lot because the thing is, it's either he's not, uh, he's going to play that role or he's just not going to play simply enough. They're not going to allow all the ridiculous stuff that happened in uh, Cleveland and Detroit. And I think he felt just so comfortable doing that because those teams weren't getting really much national attention. So the people that would just uh, casually look at an Andre Drummond box score and be like, wow, he got 20 and 20, uh, that game would be like, yo, he's a pretty good player he's an all-star caliber guy without actually watching him and then seeing all the flaws in his game while he's obviously an all-time rebounder and that's something you can't really take away from him a lot of his rebounds come from his faults like a lot of his rebounds simply come from him just missing shots at the basket and then kind of padding his stats he is like the exact example of Of a stat padding player and an empty stats guy. He's basically Andre, uh, he's basically uh, an unfunny Hassan Whiteside. (laughs) Like, that's a comparison that I've kind of thought of for a while. It's just him to Hassan Whiteside. And I think it's so accurate because these players put up big numbers. They'll get some blocks. They'll get a ton of rebounds. They'll score some buckets inside. And people will think that they're this great player when they're simply not. And that's what Hassan Whiteside got exposed as when no one really wanted him after his huge contract expired. And now he's a player who's barely even getting minutes on a Sacramento Kings team who needs size. Uh, I think Andre Drummond is one of those players because even though he's put up really good defensive numbers, just... Uh, looking at the basic stats as far as steals and block-wise, he really doesn't have much impact on the defensive side of the ball a lot of the time because there are so many moments in games where he doesn't close out to a player specifically just uh, to... stat pad and to get more rebounds which is just unacceptable it's something that is obviously going to make his numbers look better and will maybe get him some more all-star recognition but it makes him such a significantly worse player as a whole and really just takes down what his potential value could be but I do think on a Los Angeles Lakers team where you got a strong head coach in Frank Vogel you got LeBron who's obviously a fantastic uh, leader and is going to put Andre Drummond in the right position to succeed. You got a good pick and roll player in Dennis Schroeder who can help get him uh, some easy buckets. I do think he can at least succeed in that role. It's not going to be something that is a huge difference maker. But the one thing that the Lakers do need is size and size that can actually move. Because Marcus as much as I love his defensive IQ, as much as I love what he can bring to a team IQ-wise and leadership-wise, at this point in his career, he really just can't move that much at all and it really just limits the potential value that he could uh, end up bringing to a team so someone who uh, is younger and can move Uh, a bit more and hopefully guard the perimeter a little bit better while still being uh, a bigger body should be a huge thing for them. If Andre Drummond could play a super simplified role where all he's doing on offense is setting screens and rolling to the basket, very, very occasionally, maybe he'll get a post-touch here and there if he has a mismatch on him or if it's a designed play. And then on the defensive side of the ball, he's using his body to just... Uh, protect the rim uh, throw off some shots he's putting up actual effort on the defensive side of the ball he's closing out hard and not worrying about how many rebounds he has and then is just overall trying to be as smart as he can and be an impactful player then I think Andre Drummond can be a good player for the Lakers and be an impactful guy but that is a lot to ask with the lack of self-awareness that Andre Drummond has had uh, throughout his career so far. Is he going to sometimes stall the offense from him just taking a dumb shot for no reason? The dude only taking layups, uh, basically, I mean, he takes 0.3, threes a game and he'll take like a mid-range occasionally. But uh, basically only taking layups is shooting 47% from the field as a 6'11 big man like that's just ridiculous so if he can figure uh, that out which again is a big if I do think he can be impactful but I really just don't think this makes that much of a difference it'll help if he can play his role correctly but if he doesn't he's not going to play and uh, the Lakers will still have some pretty clear flaws Uh, at the end of the day you just kind of need to see LeBron and AD healthy and that is going to be the biggest part to their success and I'm I am interested to see how he does play off those guys uh, because you're not really going to be able to tell what his role is on the team uh, when he's with these guys who uh, are still good players, don't get me wrong, but obviously aren't the superstar caliber of LeBron and AD. It'll be interesting to see how he plays uh, when those guys are healthy and when they are back in the lineup, but I really just don't think this moves the needle that much, and honestly, it could end up being more of a negative than a positive I'm just not really high on Andre Drummond as a player. I think his lack of self-awareness has killed him throughout his career. I think he's one of the more overrated players of all time. and uh, He can play a role that would help this team, but it's all about him actually just accepting that role and accepting where he is at this point in his career. It's a wait-and-see thing at this point, uh, and I am excited to see how he does fit in, but I, at this point, really don't think this will make that much of a difference. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about the Sacramento Kings, who to me continue to just be the most confusing and weird team this entire 2021 NBA season as they've been so up and down the entire year. And I still just can't get really a gauge for this team. They've won five in a row. They're seven and three in their last 10, looking really, really good. But this has happened multiple times throughout the season. There's been like three distinct times, and this is the third time, where they've gone on a streak where they look really, really good, and then they have a streak where they look pretty terrible. So it's just so hard to, for me to tell how good this team actually is. Like, now they're only one game out of the play-in when it looked like this was kind of a lost season for them. And it's just so interesting for me to try and evaluate this team because they are just such an anomaly with how streaky they've been and just how up and down this entire year has been for them as a whole Uh, they're the 6th offense in the league points per game wise which is definitely very impressive they're finally playing the style of basketball that they need to uh, which is that up tempo style of basketball and we need to start giving De'Aaron Fox his praise and his flowers because he has been an all NBA caliber guard this year he has been absolutely fantastic, and almost no one is talking about how good he's been this year. Now, obviously, we all know that the Aaron Fox is a hooper, but like 25 and seven is incredible numbers and it's on pretty good efficiency too best efficiency of his career true shooting percentage wise 57%. Now he still obviously has things he needs to work on. I would love him to uh, shoot free throws better. He's just hasn't been a super great free throw shooter throughout his career. He doesn't obviously need to be like a 90% one, but even if even he could get it up to like the 75 to 70 Uh, eight percent area i think that would be good for him he's only a 70 percent shooter right now but he is getting to the line almost seven times a game which is fantastic that's something that obviously helps a lot generating easy points getting nearly five points a game just off free throws. Always love that. Uh, His three-point shooting is a thing that's been up and down this year. I don't think he's ever going to be a great three-point shooter, but if he can get to league average on a good amount of attempts, then I think that would be pretty good. He's shooting 5.6 a game, 33%. If he could get that up to 35%, 36%, then that would be great. But obviously, he's just so uh, skilled as a player and is so Fast. I mean, there's no one in the league, in my opinion, right now who's as fast as the Aaron Fox is. Obviously, you got like Westbrook and stuff, but the Aaron Fox is just a different level of athleticism. And it's not even just his speed for me. It's the way how he can control his speed because it's kind of like... This is a super weird comparison comparing it to the NFL, but it's kind of like Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson is obviously like ridiculously fast, but the thing that is most impressive to me about Lamar Jackson is how quickly he can just like do a little stutter step and then accelerate to his fastest speed possible. It's just like Darren Fox. He's so good at just using like a super slight hesitation and then he just blows right eyes, man with ease because no one can keep up with him he's getting better at shooting the mid-range every single year and i've definitely liked to see that progression of his game as it's just a shot that's pretty natural for him now it's a shot he'll just uh you coming out of the pick and roll and he gets a lot of nice just good looks from there and gets a lot of easy buckets because so many people are worried about his threat of attacking Uh, the basket and with him not being that much of a great shooter yet in his career defenses are going to back up in the pick and roll so he's just taking advantage of that and getting easy shots in the mid-range he's got a great floater game and uh, as a whole his game around the basket is just fantastic he's definitely pretty underrated as a finisher i was his ability to finish with both hands and just use a variety of moves and again he's really becoming an all nba caliber guard now i don't think he'll make it because there's so many talented guards in the league now that it it is just really hard to make it, uh, but we got to start putting him up in that tier of the better point guards in the league. Like, I think he was probably hovering around 10 ish this year. You got to start putting him in the conversation of being maybe like the seventh best point guard in the league. That's just how impressive De'Aaron Fox has been this year. He's been absolutely fantastic, and he's definitely moving up in my player rankings, my point guard rankings. He's just killed it as a whole, and especially in this recent streak, he's been fantastic and has been a big reason uh, to their success. Tyrese Halliburton has just been consistent like he has been all year. I'll, I'll never say enough positive things about Tyrese Halbert, and I just love his game so much. He's one of those players who is just so, so smart, and it's always so fun to watch him because you can tell he just studies the game so much, and he's got such a good basketball IQ. His rotations on the defensive side of the ball are literally always on point. You'll rarely, rarely ever see him miss a rotation, uh, and he just does such a good job of manipulating the other team uh, into throwing bad passes where he can get easy turnovers and then uh, get transition buckets. He's a great shooter. Even if his form is weird, he's a really, really good shooter. So many people let that uh, weird form that he does have because it it is definitely a super abnormal form compared to most uh, people's. But that let them really just... Uh, miss the fact that he was such a great shooter in college and that's transferred over to the NBA uh, even though I would love to see him get to the free throw line more and that is the one thing for me as a whole with Tyrus Halliburton this is the one thing I'd probably criticize him about and it's just him not being a- as aggressive as I'd want him to be uh, like all his skills are there but sometimes you can just tell he is a bit passive because he is uh, a pass first guy and he's a very team oriented player and he's not the greatest at creating his own shot anyway but sometimes i would just like to see him uh, try and be more aggressive and that is the like la- the last step honestly he needs to take because other than that he has almost everything down as a rookie which is so impressive and that backcourt is going to be easily one of the best in the nba for a long long while because uh, like Tyrese Halliburton now is already one of the most impactful role players. I think he could be like a more polished and put together Marcus Smart. Obviously, very different players. Don't think he's going to be uh, the caliber defensively of Marcus Smart, even though he's a great defender. Uh, but I just think it's that um, more thing where it's a lot of intangibles even if the numbers aren't like crazy good obviously his numbers are still very impressive especially for a rookie uh but he just brings so much to the game intangibly that helps this team uh so much and really just helps this team be a lot more uh put together he's kind of uh just their big Swiss army knife that does a bit of everything uh Harrison Barnes is just a really solid player he's a guy who's been overpaid throughout his career and that has kind of blinded people from realizing just how Solid of a basketball player, Harrison Barnes is. Uh, he can score the ball pretty well. I uh, can do it in a variety of ways. Solid defender as well. Good rebounder. Just a player that you need on a winning team. Uh, Marvin Bagley, still not a big fan of Marvin Bagley really at all as a player. He's been uh, all right this year. It's just underwhelming, and that's. Uh, One thing I wish they would have been able to trade him because I think at this point he needs a new situation and it was smart for the Pistons to decline it. But man, if they could have got Sadiq Bay, that would have been really, really nice. But they picked up DeLon Wright, which I think is a fantastic pickup for them as a guy who can play combo guard off the bench. He hasn't been good in the two games he's played for them. Like he's been really bad. Uh, But he's a player who I do like uh, as a guy who can play both guard positions off the bench and just be uh, a solid and reliable, consistent player who isn't really going to do anything that is super impressive, but isn't going to do anything bad either. Good playmaker, good defender as well. Like that pickup for them. Buddy Healds had had a pretty decent year, even though if you'd want him to be better Uh, Just because of that contract, he is shooting 10 threes a game and is shooting uh, 38.5%, which is a really, really good percentage. And he's literally just like Harrison Barnes, where even though the contract probably doesn't match the player, they're still a good player. And even though I do want to see him get traded so Tyrese Halliburton could be alongside De'Aaron Fox long term, uh, I do still think Buddy Heald is a good player and think he could play an important role for another team. And I think they could get some value out of him. Uh, I love. Love Rashawn Holmes, I'll always praise Rashawn Holmes. Even though the one thing that they are lacking is a really good interior defender, because as much effort as Rashawn Holmes puts up, and he's six ten, a lot of the times he looks like he's like six eight on the court. He's kind of like a. More polished Montrezl Harrell would probably be my comparison for Rashawn Holmes, where they're just super high energy. Uh, they put in uh, all the heart that you need, but they are just kind of undersized to guard uh, the bigger centers, and that's why we always see them get killed by like when they play uh, the Nuggets and they play Jokic. It's always really, really uh, rough for them to guard uh, guys like that, and that is the one thing they do need to just try and figure out how to figure uh, fix that even if it's something that they just have to do by committee and maybe they have to get a four uh that just is a really good interior defender i don't know exactly what they can do to fix that uh but this team has been playing pretty well and they're just again such a confusing team i like the terrence davis pickup as well Uh, i really like both of their rookies that they have and if they could just uh continue to try and make some smart moves Uh, not overpay anyone in free agency make some good trades in the offseason I think you can really build a special team around De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton. I love Robert Woodard love Jamius Ramsey I think the building blocks are there and they're showing that Uh, you just can continue to need to make really smart moves they killed it in last draft so hopefully they have another good draft uh Uh, next year and i think they've been making some good moves they've been doing some impressive stuff Uh, i do wonder if they'll go on another drought once they start facing some better competition we'll see that they got to face teams like the spurs uh that'll be a big game for them they got to face the jazz the lakers like these are some tougher games uh the pelicans will be a big game for seeding because those teams are super close and that's what we'll really see what this team is made out of but they've definitely been playing better recently all led by their star player in De'Aaron Fox. And they're just a super interesting team and definitely one of the more confusing ones in the NBA. Uh, But they've been good recently. They're nearly uh, a play-in caliber team, so hopefully they can continue to play good basketball and make that race even more interesting than it already was going to be. And they've definitely been really, really fun to watch recently. Shout-out to De'Aaron Fox and shout-out to the Sacramento Kings. Next team I want to talk about is the New Orleans Pelicans. I've talked about this team a ton throughout the year, and I just think it's because they're such an interesting team to evaluate and to try and judge how good they are. Uh, I do think they are starting to somewhat figure it out. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, got a big win over the Celtics, even though the Celtics uh, were missing some players. It was still an impressive win for them, and they played some good basketball throughout that. And I think they're finally starting to figure out what team they are and trying to really figure out their identity, which has been an issue all year. Uh, but I think it's something that they are finally uh, understanding, and it's starting to work. The thing that has impressed me the most is just Zion Williamson. I mean, this guy is one of the greatest talents we've seen coming to the NBA in a while. Like, he has lived up to the hype and even more. Somehow he's gone underrated, which is just crazy. I mean, it's kind of just the effect that happens every year when there's a new star rookie like uh, LaMelo coming in this year. You obviously still got your LeBrons, Luka. Like, there's so many great players that uh, a guy like Zion could somehow go underrated But he's having a historic year. There's no other way around it. Zion Williamson has been uh, one of the greatest second year players we've ever seen. He is a 20 year old. He is 20 years old, averaging 26 and a half points on a 66% true shooting. He's just one of the biggest anomalies we've ever seen in NBA history. I mean, someone who is 6'7 but 284 pounds and is as athletic as Zion Williamson just doesn't even make sense. Like, it's so crazy to watch Zion because even though you can have your comparisons with maybe like Sean Kemp, uh, Charles Barkley, those type of guys, Zion is still his very uh, unique. And own player like he is just so so special and i think they're starting to figure out that this is zion's team as good of a player as brandon ingram is and considering how bad the spacing has been this year brandon ingram's had a really really good year uh i feel like sometimes at the end of the games the offense would get kind of stagnant and it would become brandon ingram iso ball and zion would be kind of forgotten but i feel like now stan van gundy is finally finding a good mix between uh brandon ingram iso and Zion Williamson touches at the end of the game and that is a unstoppable formula because Zion is so elite at getting to the basket and finishing like no one can stop Zion going downhill it is just impossible even so many times I see players play Basically, as perfect as defense as you can, but when this dude is damn near 300 pounds and is as strong as he is, there's just not much you can do, and that's the thing that's so impressive about Zion is that every single night, everybody on the court knows exactly what Zion is gonna do, but can you stop it? Nope. Because he's gonna get to the free throw line probably about eight times per game, and then you could play absolutely perfect defense, but he's just gonna overpower you and uh, just out physical you, and then finish at the basket. And then you got Brandon Ingram, who's such a good shot creator. He hit that fantastic shot over Jason Tatum at the end of the game. And if they can really just find the perfect balance of Zion bully ball and Brandon Ingram isoing and using his fantastic shot creating ability at the end of the game, like I feel like they have been recently then that makes this team so, so dangerous and makes them a team that is going to be really hard to guard at the end of games because that isn't even talking about Lonzo, who's had such a fantastic year. And I feel like Lonzo is going to be a guy who is really just feeding off Zion and Ingram as long as he's on this team. And I really hope they can uh, secure him long-term because Lonzo's been so good this year and he's such a good fit alongside those guys. Because when Zion is playing bully ball at the end of games and then Brandon Ingram is showing off his shot, creating ability, hitting tough. Mid ranges. The defense is going to have to put so much energy into guarding those guys that it allows Lonzo to get easy catch and shoot uh, threes, which he's been really good at this year. Lonzo's becoming one of the better shooters in the NBA. He's shooting 7.8 threes a game and shooting 38.5%. That is elite shooter category. Lonzo is a very, very good shooter while still being able to playmake, obviously, being a good rebounder for a guard, and then being a good defender as well. Uh, It just is starting to look a lot better, and I still think there's very clear issues with this roster, don't get me wrong. Uh, And I think... At this point, they're just trying to do the best uh, that they can to get around those issues. And they're definitely, for me, probably the most interesting team to watch in the offseason to see what they'll do to try and get around those issues and to see what will happen with the Lonzo Ball uh, extension. Like Eric Bledsoe is obviously a really bad fit on this roster. And they were uh, willing to give up Lonzo just to get rid of a guy like Eric Bledsoe at the deadline. Because even though he's shooting 36.7% from three yeah that's just one of those percentages that even though it looks good on paper he's not a good shooter i mean we all know that eric bledsoe so many times has just ruined the spacing because even though he's shooting 36.7 percent from three no teams fear eric bledsoe as a shooter they're gonna keep letting him uh shoot those open threes and i mean if you get beat by eric bledsoe threes then it's like it's so be it uh It's going to happen maybe very occasionally, but for the most part, he's going to be an underwhelming and below-average shooter who ruins the spacing and makes this team much worse than it actually should be. But once you can try and get that figured out, I do think the core is here. And I think Stan Van Gundy is finally figuring out how to coach this team. It's still far from perfect. There's still a lot of times where the spacing can be really bad. And Brandon Ingram is struggling uh, to get open shots. And he'll still hit him. That just shows uh, how good of a player he is. But he can just uh, have a lot of unnecessarily hard shots because... Uh, Eric Bledsoe's man is just completely sagging off of him and then focusing on Ingram. Or Zion, uh, the log can be clogged a lot of the time. And it can be uh, really rough for him in the in the paint because there's just so many bodies down there because they're leaving their shooters open. But he's done such a fantastic job of overcoming that. So I think once this team can figure out how to get consistently good spacing This team is going to be unstoppable offensively. They're still going to have their struggles defensively. B.I. and Zion both aren't great defenders. And just as a whole, uh, this roster defensively isn't super great. That's just kind of what comes with having a super young team. Because even guys that come into the league being known as decent defenders usually are going to uh, struggle somewhat at the beginning. Just because it's such a big learning curve from college to the NBA or overseas to the NBA on how to be a good defender. Uh, So I think the thing they just need to focus on most in the upcoming years is just trying to get as many versatile three and D wings as you can get. And obviously those guys don't just uh, come along uh, super easily because uh, that archetype is so valuable for everyone in the league because it is a thing that can really unlock any team and make them uh, so much better. But if they can just get those type of guys, then that would be absolutely huge for them and make them so dangerous. Uh, Because when you have a guy like Josh Hart, someone like that just fits so well with this team. He isn't even a super great shooter, but he's willing to shoot. He understands his role. He's a hell of a rebounder. He really puts in a ton of effort on the glass, uh, plays hard on the defensive side of the ball as well. You just need more guys. In that type of role. And I do wish they didn't draft uh Kira Lewis in the draft. Like I, I'm a big fan of Kira Lewis and I think he's gonna be really, really good. And he's had some nice moments uh recently. I just don't think he fits super well with the roster as a whole. Uh especially when someone like Sadiq bay was there. Uh that was a guy who I really wanted them to draft. Again, it's not about the player that Kira Lewis is, it's more about the fit. And that is my uh issue with the roster still, even with them playing better, is that a lot of guys, even if they're good players, it's more about them actually making sense uh, within just the fit of the team as a whole. Uh, but I do think they're finally starting to figure it out. It took a bit of time. But they're a team that is not far out from the play-in tournament at all. They're only about a game and a half out of the play-in tournament. And with how talented this team is, with Zion being just completely unlocked, the point-forward Zion we've seen, which has been so crazy and has been so dangerous uh, in the very limited stints that they do that, if they can continue to unlock Zion, figure it out between him and Brandon Ingram at the end of the game, Lonzo Ball continues to ascend and then they just try and do the best that they possibly can to overcome the issues that they do have that are just going to be with this roster then I think this team can be a play-in tournament team and they're going to be one of those teams that no one really wants to face because in a play-in where it's uh, like a three like a best out of three thing where the a team with higher seating only has to win one game but the Pelicans could easily beat almost any team two times in a row. That's just how talented Uh, this roster is and as long as again they could just figure out uh, how to overcome and uh, compensate for the issues that are uh, internally with this roster that's a lot on Stan Van Gundy Uh, I do think they could be a really nice team and I do think they are finally starting to figure out their identity which is super important it's I feel like it's just something that they've lacked all year and now that they're finally getting it who this team is so, so talented and they're going to be a really fun team to just continue to keep track of and a team that I'm definitely going to monitor a ton throughout the year. I would love if they can make the playoffs. That would just be so much fun. And this team is just a blast to watch as a whole. I've been loving watching Zion dominate uh, the NBA. And it's definitely been a very, very interesting experience just watching the Pelicans. I hope they're starting to figure it out. And I think they're starting to take the proper steps, getting some good wins against solid teams, and just looking like a team that has its stuff together much better. I've been really, really impressed by the Pelicans uh, recently in like the past 10 days. And they've definitely just looked like a more cohesive unit as a whole and I hope this can continue to keep up uh, because their team I do want to see succeed they're too much fun for me not to want to see them succeed I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back okay I'm back to talk about my most underrated player for every NBA team this is just going to be me quickly running through who I feel like is the most underrated player for every team just giving uh some guys who deserve uh some love And don't really get it that love that they deserve. So, first, we're going to start off with the Philadelphia 76ers, and my most underrated player for them is Tobias Harris slash Danny Green. Now, I'll give my reason for both of these guys. Uh, Tobias Harris is a guy whose contract is uh, much bigger than how good of a player he actually is, but for many players, and he's definitely one of uh, those, a big contract has really affected the public perception of how good Tobias Harris is, and Tobias Harris is a very very good player. He stepped up a ton in the absence of Joel Embiid. He's a guy who's averaging almost 21 points on 50 40 90 shooting and now that he's back with the coach that helped him the most, Doc Rivers, he's been playing fantastic basketball this year and he's definitely uh, very very underrated to the 76ers success. And then Danny Green just got a ton of criticism last year and he is definitely an inconsistent player, but he's still a fantastic uh, role player to have on any team is shooting 40% from 3 this year. Really good wing defender as well and is another super important part uh, to the success of the 76ers this year my most underrated player on the Brooklyn Nets is Nicholas Claxton he's a guy who I feel like needs to get talked about much more uh, when the Nets have made all these moves and when everybody is talking about their potential uh, lineups no one is talking about Nick Nicholas Claxton, but he's a guy who is super, super important to the success of the Brooklyn Nets as a guy who is very versatile on the defensive side of the ball, can guard every single position, basically. Obviously, you're not going to put him on a one for the entire game, but he can switch on to a one for a possession and do a pretty good job of defending uh, them and do a much better job than most centers could. Also, sets a good screen, super athletic, uh, good at catching lobs, and is a big piece to the Brooklyn Nets potentially being the favorites to win the tournament. 20- 2021 NBA championship my most underrated player on the Milwaukee Bucks is Bobby Portis he's a guy who's not some special player or anything but I do think he's really nice for the Bucks to have as he just gives them a different option as a guy who can come off the bench and be a very good shooter he's been fantastic uh, for them off the bench this year definitely like a very very low-key six man of the year uh, candidate don't think he would be in like the upper echelon Jordan Clarkson range of six man of the year, uh, but in like the lower range of guys who uh, have been just super impactful off the bench. Bobby Portis is definitely one of those, and he's had a fantastic year. Love the dynamic where he can play uh, four, and then Giannis can play five. I think it's really really good, and he's been great uh, for the Bucks. A fantastic pickup for them. For the Hornets, I have Malik Monk slash Terry Rozier. Malik Monk has became that six man we all wanted him to be. He's been fantastic. Fantastic this year off the bench. Also has uh, started games here and there, uh, just due to there being injuries. And whenever there is an injury, he always steps up. He's been shooting the ball fantastic this year, and it's just been scoring really, really well as a whole, and has had a great year for the Hornets. And then Terry Rozier, he's a guy who uh, we all thought was overpaid, but at this point he's underpaid. He's been amazing ever since he's joined the Hornets, but especially this year, he's turned into an all-star caliber guy, uh, probably a top 50 player. In in this league, Terry Rozier is really, really good and doesn't give uh, get the love that he deserves for it. A guy who can shoot almost forty percent from three, uh, create his own shot, and still be a good defender as well is a really impactful player, and that's why the Hornets have been able to win even with Lamelo injured. Terry Rozier has been fantastic this year. Um, My most underrated player for the New York Knicks. I feel like it was kind of hard for me to pick a most underrated player because I feel like most of the guys are probably properly rated on this uh, roster. But I went with RJ Barrett. He's a guy who's had a a really good season especially as of late he's been playing some excellent basketball and just hasn't really gotten the attention he deserves which is weird because this is the best the Knicks have played in a while he's in such a big market so you expect him to actually get overrated but somehow he's gone under the radar and I think it's mostly due to the fact that Julius Randle's had such a fantastic season that everybody's been giving uh, Julius Randle the praise and obviously he deserves it like that's this is not taking away away from Julius Randle at all. It's more saying RJ Barrett just deserves some more of the love for why the Knicks have been so good as well. Amazing slasher, good defender, is improving as a shooter even if he isn't a great shooter and he's just a really good player overall and is definitely very very underrated and my in my opinion the most underrated player for the Knicks. My most underrated player for the Atlanta Hawks is Tony Snell. He's a guy who is always going to be kind of memed for that game he had uh, like no stats and over 20 minutes and it's definitely uh, a funny meme but tony snell is actually a pretty good role player and he does not get nearly enough credit for it he's a fantastic uh three-point shooter really good guy to just run off screens and then stand in the corner and get easy catch and shoot looks also a guy who's a solid defender as well just good role player as a whole and definitely is underrated uh the celtics my most underrated player for them is robert williams he's one of those guys that if you're a celtics fan you definitely understand how good robert williams is but most people outside of celtics fandom reasonably don't understand how uh, good robert williams is uh but he's a guy who is uh fantastic vertical lob threat is crazy athletic really good defender as well got great hands uh, great shot blocker is a guy who is a super underrated passer and ever since he's gotten more minutes he's shown off a really good ability to make plays uh, sets good screens just does everything you'd want out of a center except for shoot super great and even uh, with that he'll occasionally take a mid-range and it doesn't look super terrible robert williams is just a really nice uh, role player for the celtics and is definitely a, a big part of this young core that they have uh, for the heat I put Goran Dragic. I feel like most of the guys are properly rated on this roster uh, so I just wanted to give Goran Dragic some love one of the more uh, just consistent upper echelon role players in the league for a while now he's going to be super big uh, yet again if the heat want to go on a pretty deep playoff run a guy who is just a great all-around offensive player can play both on and off the ball and it's just a player that any team would want Goran Dragic is really really good and really underrated uh, for the Pacers I have Doug McDermott he's just a fantastic shooter doesn't do like much else outside of that but he is a very very good and consistent shooter and has definitely been a guy who's been asked to do uh, quite a lot with just all the injuries that they've dealt with this year and he's had a really good season so far so he definitely deserves uh, some more praise he's just uh, a really good uh, catch and shoot guy and every team needs someone like that and uh, Doug McDermott is definitely super underrated Uh, for the Bulls I put that Thaddeus Young uh, slash Patrick Williams. Thaddeus Young is a guy who definitely deserves to be in six-man-of-the-year candidacy. He's going to be starting uh, now, so that definitely is going to take away from that, and he won't win it. Uh, But earlier on in the season when he was coming off the bench he definitely deserved that love for six man of the year he's playing a lot of small ball five doing that successfully underrated playmaker really good defender smart all-around player and has been super impactful uh to the bulls this year and has been a big reason uh why they've won a lot of the games that they have thaddy Young for most of the season has been the bulls second best player obviously that's going to change now uh, but it'll probably be consistently their third best player even if uh, a guy like Lowry Markkinen is putting up better numbers. Thaddeus Young is a super impactful role player and one of the best in the league. And then Patrick Williams is a very, very underrated rookie. In my opinion, the most underrated rookie, which is crazy because he's in a big market in Chicago. He got taken uh, fourth, and he's had a great rookie year so far. He's looking like a young Kawhi Leonard, which was a comparison that was given to him uh, in the draft process. Well, at least it was one of his comparisons. Uh, He's a guy who is a fantastic defender super versatile on that side of the ball, can guard multiple positions and do it well, and is a guy who can, can create uh, occasionally create his own child on offense. Uh, while also just being a good guy who can stand in the corner. Solid shooter as well, and it's just been really nice for them uh, this year as a rookie. I've been super impressed by Patrick Williams. Uh, for the Raptors, I have Gary Trent Jr. slash OG Ananobi. Uh Gary Trent Jr. is a guy who's just a hell of a shooter, can ac- occasionally create his own shot, and is a really good wing defender as well. Not much more needs to be said. I just love Gary Trent Jr. I think he's a great player, and I think he can be an all-star caliber guy in this league at some point, or even if he's not all-star caliber, I think he can be a here below that and then og Ananobi is a guy who's continuing to grow his offensive skill set every single year while being uh probably the most underrated defender in the nba everybody knows he's a good defender but i don't think people nearly understand the caliber of defender that he is he should be in conversation for being all defense and i think he could be a future defensive player of the year he can guard every single position at a pretty good rate he's a really good rim protector for a wing and probably one of uh, the best rim protectors maybe behind jonathan isaac as a wing while also being a fantastic perimeter defender and again is growing his offensive skill set every year good three-point shooter has improved in that aspect every single year and is becoming a better shot creator as well he's just a really good player for the raptors Uh, for the wizards he's injured but i put thomas bryant he's a guy who even though he definitely struggles on the defensive side of the ball and that's a big take away from him because defense at the center position is so important he is a super skilled offensive player and definitely deserves uh, more recognition for that one of the best shooting big men in the nba and he never really gets talked about in that conversation really good mid-range shooter really good three-point shooter as well good finisher on the interior basically everything you'd want uh, out of a center in 2021 on the offensive side of the ball does need to improve quite a lot on defense though uh for the Cavs, i put larry nance jr's uh, slash Lamar Stevens, Larry Nance Jr. is a guy who is one of the best role players in the NBA, fantastic defender, a high Q p- uh, pl- passer as well, even though he's not going to get a crazy amount of assists, his IQ shines through every single night on both sides of the ball, good rebounder, good finisher out of the basket, knows his role and plays it very well, also a good leader in the locker room, everything you'd want out of uh, out of a guy who's just uh, a nice role player uh, around uh, younger guys who are going to get a majority of the touches he fits so perfect with the calves and then Lamar Stevens is a guy who's had some uh, cool moments here and there for them an undrafted rookie and he's a guy who is not a super special player by any means but he's a guy who just brings a ton of energy every single night plays hard on defense and I just wanted to give him some love because most people uh, won't even really know that name and me saying it probably half the people watching this don't even know who Lamar Stevens is uh, for the magic I put Chumo Kiki had a really good uh, game against the Clippers recently and I just really like uh, Chumo Kiki as a whole. He's a guy who definitely is going to get a ton of opportunity this year after the Magic made all the trades that they did and I hope he continues to shine with that opportunity. He's someone who can really shoot the ball 40% uh, three-point shooter this year and I think he can be a very good and impactful offensive player as a whole while being a solid defender as well and he's definitely a big part of this Magic's young core. I'm really excited to see how he continues to. uh, grow this year the, with the more and more opportunity that he gets. Uh, for the Pistons, I got two rookies. I got Sadiq Bay slash Saban Lee. Sadiq Bay was probably my. He, at least like third favorite uh, prospect coming out of the draft. I absolutely love Sadiq Beya. I'm a huge fan of his game. Fantastic three-point shooter. Can create his own shot in the mid-range pretty well, even if it's something he doesn't do super frequently. Good finisher at the basket. Good defender as well, especially for a rookie. Uh, He's just a guy who uh, brings everything you'd want out of a wing in 2021 and is a guy who doesn't really have that many holes in his game the only hole is he's not like a a great playmaker but he's not a bad one either it's just not something that stands out it's pretty average so he's just a super nice player and it's already really impactful as a rookie should have went way higher and then Saban Lee uh, a guy who is a pretty good shooter not the shooter that his percentage would show because he's shooting like 60% from three on like half of attempt per game but he's a pretty skilled uh, offensive player as a guard Uh, a guy who can get into the mid-range area, create his own shot a bit, good three-point shooter, and I think he's a nice guy who can come off the bench uh, for this team. Isaiah Stewart's probably uh, a pretty underrated player too. I just feel like they got a lot of underrated guys, especially in the young core, uh, but those are the two guys I wanted to point out most. For the Jazz, I have Derek Favors uh, slash Eliza Hughes. Derek Favors is a guy who is one of the best backup bigs in the NBA, and it's not because he puts up flashy numbers or anything, but he just does everything you need out of a backup big which is setting good screens, Rolls to the basket well, finishes, smart defender, uh, good rebounder as well. Doesn't play too many minutes because of Rudy Gobert being there, uh, but he is just a really solid backup, big. And then Elijah Hughes really hasn't played, uh, but I just wanted to give him some love because I really liked him coming out of the draft. A guy who can really shoot the hell out of the ball. I think he's going to be an important piece uh, to this team going forward. I think he's going to be a really nice uh, bench piece, potential future like seventh or eighth man who could just come off the bench and bring a ton of energy. Also, so a really good shot blocker for a wing just crazy athletic and I do hope he gets some opportunity at some point it's not going to be this year and he hasn't really played that much at all but I just wanted to give Elijah Hughes his love because I do think he's going to be good in the future uh, for the Suns I think they got a ton of underrated guys uh, but I put Mikhail Bridges I was uh, definitely thinking of Dario Sarge as well Dario Sarch has become a fantastic backup five this year which is something I never would have expected to say as he's been a four throughout his career so far but he's uh, been put in a completely new role and has thrived in it, Uh, but Mikael Bridges would probably be the most underrated player on the team for me as someone who is one of the best wing defenders in the league. So surprised that he didn't really get much uh, all-defense recognition last year because he's definitely one of the best wing defenders in the league and has improved on the offensive side of the ball a ton this year, becoming way better as a three-point shooter, creating his own shot uh, occasionally as well, and it's just had a fantastic year for them so far. Uh, He definitely deserves a ton of credit for why they've been so good uh the Clippers I got Terrence Mann he's a guy who's had some uh, really good moments especially recently and he's someone who I just think is a nice player for them off the bench Uh, that was a really smart pick for them and he definitely has grown a ton this year got some limited opportunity last year but he's been much better Uh, this year he's a guy who puts in a ton of energy on the defensive side of the ball he's always going to turn up the intensity whenever he comes into the game good shooter as well solid playmaker good size for a guard everything you'd want out of a nice bench piece Uh, for the lakers i have a guy who i thought uh, used to be super overrated but now has actually become underrated and that's kyle kuzma he's Uh, had like a revelation this year to be honest he's completely changed his game around and I've really liked to see he's completely just accepted uh, the role of being a role player and that has led to fantastic results for Kyle Kuzma this year he's proven to be completely worth the contract they gave him because he's been playing hard on the defensive side of the ball he's been a good defender Uh, he's doing all just the little things hustling uh, getting loose balls rebounding and then uh, just getting nice catch and shoot opportunities backdoor cuts to the basket doing everything that the Lakers need got to give Kyle Kuzma a ton of love for adapting to a completely different role and succeeding in it very well Uh, For the Denver Nuggets, I got Jermichael Green, just a super nice uh, role player that any team would want as a forward who can shoot the ball very, very well and someone who's a pretty smart defender too. Uh, It's just a really nice piece to have off the bench and I uh, love Jermichael Green, love his game, think he's very solid. Uh, For the Trailblazers, I put Anthony Simons. He's a guy who has become a very good shooter for them coming off the bench. Definitely is a bit streaky, a bit up and down. uh, And I don't think he's really going to ever be able to show how good he can be on this team specifically. But I think on another team that really isn't just trying to win uh, now as much as the Blazers are and that doesn't have as many guards ahead of him. I do think Anthony Simons could be super successful, Uh, but I also think he could be a long-term six man for the Blazers. Uh, He's just a very very solid player especially on offense and I think he has a lot of room to grow still super young and is a very uh, nice player for them to have and a potential nice asset for them to have as well. Uh, For the Dallas Mavericks, I got Jalen Brunson. I think he's incredibly underrated. He's just a really good offensive player as a whole. Great guy uh, to have next to Luka as someone who can play both on and off the ball. So when Luka's out of the game, he can be uh, their primary creator. But when Luka's in the game, he can also be a guy who's more of a catch-and-shoot player, but still can run pick-and-roll occasionally and give uh, Luka another ball handler alongside him, which is very nice. Great floater game. Good mid-range shooter, good three-point shooter, just everything you'd want out of uh, a nice backup point guard and potentially a starting point guard as well. He would start for most teams. He's really, really damn good uh for the san antonio spurs i got Keldon johnson slash patty mills Johnson johnson's one of my favorite young players in the nba i'm um, actually contemplating getting a Keldon johnson jersey that's how much i love this dude he's just so underrated he's a guy who brings such great energy and that's what i love about Keldon. is even though his three-point shooting has actually been pretty disappointing this year he shot a much worse percent than i expected him to it's not like his shot looks weird or anything i still think he's got a good form it just hasn't been really going in this year uh but he attacked the basket fearlessly, almost as furiously as anyone in the league. Gets a ton of rebounds for his size as well, and that's just all due to his energy. Good defender too. Uh, he just plays with so much heart every single night, and how could you not love that? I'm a big fan of Kelton Johnson in his game. He's had a really, really nice year uh, for the Spurs in his second season. And then Patty Mills is just uh, one of, if not the best, backup point guard in the NBA. Really good shooter, good veteran presence, solid playmaker, and he's just a really nice player and has been big in why the Spurs have been able able to win a good amount of games this year. Uh, for the Grizzlies, I have Desmond Bain, one of my favorite prospects in the 2020 draft. Uh, fantastic three point shooter, really good defender as well, super strong. Uses that uh, size and strength to his advantage on defense, and is just overall really smart on offense. Never forces anything, and I don't know how he didn't go higher. I thought he was going to go 18 to the Mavericks, to be honest. I mocked that like four different times, and every time I thought it would have been the perfect fit, but somehow he slid to 30 because teams are consistent. Consistently sleeping on four year college players, and my Celtics traded him, which pains me to this day because Desmond Bain is already one of the better role players in the NBA as a rookie. He's just fantastic. Uh, For the Warriors, I got uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. He's a guy who isn't super flashy or even that much of a super skilled player. But the thing that he does bring and the thing that uh, makes him very valuable to the Warriors is his energy. He brings so much energy every single night. Uh, he'll have more hustle plays in one night than most people will have in like uh, in like a stretch of like 20 games that's just what he does on a nightly uh, basis is uh, do all the dirty work that the Warriors need and he's been uh, very solid for them this year again isn't a special player or anything but I really like uh, just the energy that he brings and the dynamic he brings as a hustle player to the Warriors Uh, for the Kings I got De'Aaron Fox slash De'Lon Wright De'Aaron Fox we all know he's good but I don't think people really appreciate how good De'Aaron Fox is he's an all NBA caliber guard one of the best point guards in the NBA averaging nearly 25 points and seven assists this year and has carried the Kings to a lot of wins he's been fantastic this season then De'Lon Wright's just a nice combo guard uh, that any team would want because he can play both guard positions shoots the ball uh, well enough good defender uh, solid playmaker too I really like De'Lon Wright uh, for the Pelicans, I have Zion Williamson slash Alonzo Ball. Zion has somehow gotten underrated. I have no clue how because he had so much hype coming into the league. But people are forgetting about Zion, which is just crazy. I think it's uh, a big part of the small market issue in the NBA, uh, which is something that definitely is Uh, an issue that the league is facing uh, that Zion even though he's been so good this year the small market is definitely hurting him Uh, but he's been fantastic this season is having one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen out of a 20 year old he is 20 years old and is averaging over 26 points on 66 percent true shooting ridiculous and then Lonzo's had a fantastic year Uh, I never think he's going to be an all-star but I think he's going to be a tier below that and one of the uh, better guys in that tier really good shooter Shooter, good defender, good playmaker, good rebounder. Uh, better as a finisher this year, too, better as a free throw shooter. Has just improved his game a ton as a whole. Uh, for the Thunder, I got Theo M- uh slash Moses Brown. My bad. My camera stopped recording. But getting back into uh the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're underrated players. I got Uh, Melodon and Brown like I said Uh, Melodon is a guy who's had a very solid rookie year Uh, a guy who kind of reminds me of like uh, prime George Hill that's what his potential is to me and I just really like him, good playmaker aggressive offensive player decent defender for a rookie as well and then Moses Brown is a guy who just brings a ton of energy every single night really crashes the boards hard uh, he's got the size to finish on the interior catches lobs and is going to be a really good uh, partner along Shea for hopefully a long while I think he can uh, be a very a uh, high quality backup, or even a solid starting center in the future for the Thunder as well. Uh, for the Houston Rockets, I got Kenyon Martin Jr. Their team that definitely has gone through their struggles, and I want to see Kenyon Martin get more minutes because of that. I'm kind of sick of seeing these uh, older players play so much when you got a guy like uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. who has some potential. He's had some nice flashes here or there. Super athletic. Uh, is a pretty uh, decent shooter as well. Definitely has a lot of stuff to work on, but I think he could be a nice project and could be a a nice long-term piece for the Rockets and then for our last team I got the Minnesota Timberwolves and my underrated players for them are Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels Jalen Noel's had a really good year for them and I think he can be a nice six man in the future for them or a lot of different teams as a guy who's just a bucket off the bench can shoot the ball create his own shot a really nice player and then Jaden McDaniels everything you want in a modern forward as a guy who is super long uh, you want him to put on some weight for for sure that's definitely something he uh, needs to do uh, just as he gets older but he's a very good defender has had a big impact on the defensive side of the ball already as a rookie which is incredibly impressive and is a guy who definitely has offensive potential can create his own shot can hit difficult shots occasionally decent three-point shooter needs to uh, work on his percentage for sure but he definitely has the potential to be a good shooter and i just really like him as a long-term four alongside carl anthony towns and that is definitely starting to build the nice young core and is definitely starting to give the Timberwolves direction with a guy like Jalen Owell who can be a six man and then Jaden McDaniels who can be the four alongside Karl-Anthony Towns that they need. I think those guys are both super underrated. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. it Ben Michael. Peace out.